Hello, I am Kelly Klein, and you are listening to another wrestling podcast. It's time for uh, another wrestling podcast. Oh my God. We are taking over. Drink it in, man. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. They think they got the answers. I change the questions. When we talk about the legends of the sport, there's only two in my book. You ever have one of those days? It's the Murphy's Law Day where anything that could go wrong did go just wrong. goes wrong, especially when you're at work. Yeah. So it's nice to just like sit down, bullshit, and, and talk about how we're on the road to WrestleMania. So let's just be cliche as fuck, shall we? That's right. Insert pointing to the sign for WrestleMania, baby. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Uh, welcome to another wrestling podcast. This is episode 144. I'm Credo. And of course, I'm Angry Cooter. Each and every week we are here to show you we're more than just a podcast. For the whole fucking show. Joining us today is Kelly Klein from Ring of Honor, part of the Women of Honor. She is undefeated uh, and she'll be joining us in the studio in a little bit to talk about... Uh, her career and uh, anything else we got to ask her, right? Well, what's her gimmick like, Credo? She's uh, she's pretty badass, Cooter. That's all you need to know. Well, are you saying she's pretty badass or she has a pretty badass? No, she's she's pretty badass. And uh, Alright, good, because all jokes aside, I've seen some of this young lady's work. Let me tell you, fans really need to keep an eye on, that's for sure. Definitely. Uh, so, she'll be joining us in a little bit. Don't change that channel or whatever you're doing to listening to us right now. Fucking podcast, there is no channel. Well, you never know what they're listening to us on, but uh, <laughs> that's right. You know, today, well, we're talking Royal Rumble. We're talking NXT TakeOver. We're having a little bit of a special today, Cooter. Uh, you know, it's the beginning of the year. We're on that road to WrestleMania, as you pointed out. Uh, this is where it all begins, Cooter. This is the excitement for being a wrestling fan. This is what it's all about. I mean, each and every year, I remember growing up, you know, just waiting for the Rumble. Uh, who's going to be the surprises? Who's going to be number 30? Who's number one? Uh, it's 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 probably one of the best pay-per-views of the year. I don't know. What do you say? It's always been probably my favorite because, well, at least it has been the last couple of years because WrestleManias have just been, you know, kind of blue balls for me. <laughs> well, are I'm you- just saying, but but, but even uh, some of the ways that some of these shows have been booked this year, I'm I'm actually looking forward to the Rumble because the build up to the Rumble itself, we have a bunch of stories going into it in the actual Rumble match itself. So uh, it's a toss up. You, I really can't gauge who I think is going to win. I feel like uh, I got a, a couple of good surprises coming away. I'm looking forward to this whole weekend. Now, are you looking forward to almost seven hours worth of uh, television uh, leading up to the Rumble? 
What the fuck are you talking about? Seven hours. You're shitting me, right? Uh, could you not? You know, this is this is they're doing it for the big four pay per view, so it's going to be the brand, both of the brands. Uh, you have the the pre-show, I believe, starting around six o'clock, maybe. I don't know. It's well, one not of, just the pre-show, really. Well, you know, it's going to be all pre-show and then into the show. Uh, it's going to be a long show at the end of the day, pretty much. All right. Well, that's why I have uh, a nice little fast-forward button, and I'll just watch an hour after everybody else. I don't know. I can't do seven hours anymore. When they did that for the first time at WrestleMania last year, I really. I really wanted to swallow a pistol. Yeah, it was just too much. <laughs> uh, well, it's just, this is what's, what's going to happen with the, the big four this year. So uh, definitely more time for everybody. Uh, but uh, with that, it's a whole other weekend. So we're having another NXT TakeOver as well. Are you excited for NXT TakeOver? To me, man, I think the, the well is drying up a little no bit. No way. See, that's the thing. You're not watching right now. You You don't get to say that. They, I'm you watching, but watch I'm like not as engaged as it was last year for this, definitely. Yeah, well, am I going to sit here and say that the roster is not as talented this year as it was last year? Uh, it depends on your point of view. I like a lot of the, the people who are, are down there right now. Uh, I mean, Gargano and Ciampa are just personal favorites of mine. Uh, Ty Dillinger is just – there's something about him I really like. And they're building him up. And, of course, if you don't like Roddy Strong, I, I really feel like you need a fist up your ass. But, you know, here's here's the thing where usually we, we laugh our asses off in terms of how the NXT pay-per-views are better than the main roster pay-per-views. Now, in this case, with, with it being the Rumble, do you think that that could be the case this year for, this, for at least this pay-per-view? Or do you think it can pull off – Wow, we were better than NXT for a change. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I don't know. I think that this Rumble is definitely stacked like more than it's ever been, especially with from Brock Goldberg and Taker alone being in the Rumble itself. So I think there's definitely more name power in this Rumble than there ever Senior was. Senior citizen power. Yeah, we know. I know. <laughs> so, but like I said, man, I, I think even NXT. I think uh, let's just start right into NXT because. That's going to be the spe- part one of the special we have going on right here. So I might as well just dive right into the NXT TakeOver San Antonio, baby. Uh, let's start from the bottom and work our way to the top, if you will. Uh, let's let's just get right into this NXT pay-per-view uh, before we even get even Rumble discussion because there's there's enough Rumble talk coming up uh, on your way, so stay tuned. But, uh, you know, you said it. You said it a few minutes ago, Roderick Strong, uh, he's going to be having a match, Cooter, versus Andrande Cien Almas, uh, the worst possible name for a wrestler going today. <laughs> I know. We say this every time. I, I feel bad for the guy. And, uh, but he's talented. No, and, no yeah, uh, of course, of course. Yeah, I'm just like, it doesn't, his his name, man, does not roll off the tongue easily, and it's just like, he needs, he needs a one-name name, you know, and maybe we'll just call him Cien from now on, but... Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Roderick Strong versus Cien. Uh, I mean, this is. I think this is probably going to be one of the best matches too of the night. These two are both talented, and I think they can definitely, uh, you know, work off each other well. You know, there's nothing that's stopping each of them. Uh, is like I think they complement each other, which is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, yeah. I really can't piggyback much off of that because you you really said it all because you never shut up. <laughs> but no, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, Roddy. He... I, I feel characterized. He's he's struggling in NXT, mm-hmm. but you know that takes time. And when they really find out what what they can do with him, I mean, so, Samoa Joe, you know, wasn't 
the Samoa Joe we know now overnight. So, I mean, his in-ring style and, and his just... How do I want to say this fucker? I can uh, see them grooming him, though, to be, you know, a champion for NXT down the road to so where... I guess, yeah, they like got to build still his character. Yeah, you're right. They got to build if they once they build his character up because his in ring work is always perfect. Yeah, I'm. There's there's not too many guys who he's not one of those guys who needs the ring work polishing. He just needs a, somewhat of a character. But this is this matchup. I'm really looking forward to it, and, and especially this next one. I really want to talk about Eric Young versus Ty Dillinger. See, I. This group that he is in, Sanity. Yeah. I don't know anybody in this group. <laughs> yeah, I it's, really yeah. don't. But I really like Eric Young. I'm really digging Nikki Cross and them trying to get Ty Dillinger. I believe this was on last week's episode to join Sanity. Uh, him turning them down, and you know, it's just a nice little, quick little feud to throw on the card. But these two, uh, I think, could put on a good, good match together. Yeah, and you know, if uh, Ty Dillinger, man, to where uh, I wonder if he'll even be a surprise in the Rumble because I don't even know what their their plans are really for him. I mean, he's kind of had a little bit of a bad luck streak, if you will. But uh, I don't, you know, unless they plan on making him a champion or doing some more work with him in NXT. I don't know if there's really any much more he can do down in NXT, but I I like him. I love him. You know, I, I love his gimmick. Um, Perfect Ten, baby. I think that works great, and I think it could transition well to the main roster. I just I don't, don't know so. if the, I don't know if they're gonna have him stick around too much longer in NXT. So I'm kind of kind of wondering what's really gonna happen with this. If uh, you know, you know what though? Here's the thing. Like, there are certain gimmicks that have worked very very well in NXT. They just do not translate to the main roster. You think, you're only, you think it'll be another Adam Rose kind of a thing, or or, or Emma's, uh, you know, dancing yeah. <laughs> like a retard gimmick, or, or whatever that was. You know, it grew on me over time, though. Definitely, his what Emma? No, no, no. His uh, perfect ten when he first came out, I was oh, like, eh. yeah. No, but then when no, you see him live, it was good. Yeah. Yeah, but more what I really want to say is, you know, if he's just destined to be that NXT gatekeeper type of role. That's really nothing to be ashamed about. I mean, do I think – I think he's somebody who would unfortunately get lost in the shuffle in the main roster. He's got it good right now in NXT. You know, the, the fans are behind him. He's, he's got a good spot. He's, uh, you know, he's up against top-tier talent week in and week out. So, I mean, hey – Cash the check and break next, baby. That's what the fuck I want to say about it. <laughs> well, there you go. All right. Well, how about the NXT Women's Championship, the fatal four-way match? Uh, at, at one point uh, last year, it was almost as if, you know, they had nobody for Asuka. And so they brought in Mickey James to have a match with her last time. And now we have Peyton Royce. Uh, Nikki Cross, Billy Kay, and Asuka in this fatal four-way. So at one point it was like they don't have any more women ready for the to, to face her, and now they kind of have these girls uh, lined up in a row to to do some damage, I guess, with Asuka. Do you see any one of these girls walking away as the new women's champion? Oh, absolutely. I think that's the whole point of putting it in a fatal four-way match because you can get that belt off of Asuka because there's really nobody down there in NXT who I feel should be someone to beat her for that title. Yeah. It, it's, it's well, we can have uh, Nikki Cross uh, make Peyton Royce tap out, getting the belt off of Asuka, but not really beating her. Yeah. So she could still have that basically undefeated streak going up to the main roster because she's been down there for way too long. 
No, yeah. Uh, Raw Raw needs another big name in the women's division, and I'm just dying to see an, an Oscar Charlotte match or an Oscar Sasha Banks match. I mean, poor, poor thing really missed the boat. I mean, pretty much everybody but Bailey went up when she got there, or at least uh, pretty pretty around that time. But uh, there's some X factors in this match. I'm, I don't want to hate on on Billy Kay and Peyton Royce because they've gotten a lot better uh, last few months, especially working as a team, uh, working in the ring. They've, they've gotten a lot better. But this Nikki Cross is a fucking basket case. <laughs> I love her. I yeah. love her character. I mean, the bitch has a face like a dartboard. But, you know, that being said, she's talented in the ring. And I, I think uh, I think she could be that one, man. She could be that one to take that belt and just, you know, beat the shit out of every bitch on that roster. Well, how about, you know, you said that Billy Kay and Peyton Royce have been that team. Do you think they have the better odds going in this match where they can kind of work together, if you will, against these other girls? And, you know, if if one of them, whether it be Peyton or Billy, gets the championship, they can kind of do, you know, that little flawless gimmick, uh, you know, uh, just having these two girls walking around, almost like the Kevin Owens uh, Jericho oh, show. No, to where man, you're not, they're not going to do that again. Let me tell you something right now. Championship gold makes best friends bitter rivals. There you go. We could have that set up for the next uh, takeover: Peyton Royce versus Billy Kay. If that does happen, um, I don't know, but yeah, it's uh, I'm I'm finally Special intrigued. Referee, angry Cooter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely intrigued in this because you know it's finally they found a few girls to actually you know give Oscar. Uh, put her put her on the run, if you will. So uh, we'll see what happens. But I mean, I don't know. I think it's time for Oscar to lose it and uh, maybe either move up or or do something, you know? Because I don't. I think you know she's kind of been just not. She's not stale. It's just like she has nothing to do with all these other girls, and I feel like she could just either move on or or do something. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like this a lot of times in, with with UFC where guys clean out a division. Now it's like now what. So, uh, yeah, I think it's time for her to move up, man. It's just there's nothing left to do, just like you said, man. Yeah. And, uh, okay, now you have the NXT Tag Team Championship match, the Authors of Pain versus Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Now, the Authors of Pain are coming off the Dusty Rhodes uh, Tag Team Tournament winners. Uh, so they have something, you know, to brag about a little bit. But DIY has been doing it. Uh, do you think these guys, though, are ready for the NXT Tag Team Championship? I mean... Um, I don't know. They've been pretty, uh, pretty unstoppable, huh? Who are you, who are you talking about? Tolka and Razor from Secret <laughs> of the Ooze. Get out of here! I don't, I hate these two. It's just boring. I love them when they had the masks though, when they were using them on yeah, the road, I mean, they but they, they took away the masks. I'm like, fun, uh, but seriously, it's it's like watching slow versions of Braun Strowman. <laughs> like, I used to hate on Braun Strowman, but but now that you see how athletic he is. He's quick. He's, I mean, uh, let alone strong. These these two are just slow mo, slow moving, fat Samoans. Like, uh, all right, um, they would have been really cool. Nuts and run. I uh, mean, really. You know, you've seen them. I don't know if everybody else listening out there has seen it, but they had like these masks, almost like Bane, almost if you will, to yes. where they were using it on the road. And then I guess when they debuted. They, they didn't really have the masks. They didn't come out with the masks. And I'm like, man, those are so cool. And it's like, I think they would have looked so much better of not knowing what they looked like and just have like these big masks on. And then there's just, they're just these huge guys. They're mysterious. That was mysterious about them. And now, you know, they're really pushing them as, you know, these big, uh, these big guys to mess with. So well, I don't here's know. my question though. I mean, if the, if the authors of pain win, 
and Gargano and Ciampa, you know, lose these belts and, you know, they lose a return match. What, what happens to them next? I mean, do they go up to the main roster mm. as a tag team? Do they end up on 205 Live? Because yeah. they are a little bit smaller. I, I, I don't know what the end game for them is. I mean, I think... Yeah, if they do go anywhere, it's gonna be it's gonna be to the cruiserweights. Uh, I think so. I don't think they're moving up anytime soon. I don't see them moving up. I think if they're gonna, they'll probably at least stay down there for at least the till at least SummerSlam ish that time. Uh, at least the, the, a good part of this year. I don't think they're. I mean, if they move up, like you said, I think there's they might get lost in the shuffle still. So I think they kind of need them down there, especially with. Uh, uh, one of the other teams, though, one of the guys out is now for like seven months, uh, so he's going to be gone. So they're going to kind of lack tag teams down in uh, NXT. So I think they'll probably be down there for a little bit longer. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to to the future of of, of 205 Live. I mean, you got an Austin Aries who's basically, you know, ready to jam a thumb in somebody's eye. That that's been his line every week. See, that's he <laughs> he, he cracks me up. Where they where they try to get him to talk strategies, and he just basically tells you, oh, "Yeah, I'm just gonna stick my thumb in their eye." <laughs> well, could could you brought up two or five live? Uh, Triple H today said on a, a conference call about the the company that the rosters of 205 Live, the UK tournament, and uh, NXT are kind of going to get mixed together a little bit for the foreseeable future because uh, uh, either whether they're just going to still build up the UK show because they don't really have anything to go off of. of, So you might see some talents on NXT who are in the UK show. You might see some UK talents on 205 Live. You might see 205 Live on NXT, vice versa, however you want to do it. Uh, What do you think about that? Because, I mean, that kind of goes with what you said right there to where... Okay, now could Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, if they lose, be just uh, another, you know, another pair of guys just for 205 Live or, or what? Uh, you know, I think uh, if especially if they I shuffle it up somebody a little bit. You, I think somebody who sticks out, and I forget his name. I think it was Mark uh, Marcus Alexander. I, I could be wrong. He, he was that smaller guy that had went up against Pete Dunne in the uh, in the semifinals there, mm-hmm. but he looked more like a cruiserweight. That's somebody I would love to see on on 205 Live. Because um, if you think about it, because NXT could now almost have the Cruiserweight Championship and the UK Championship defended on the show. Does I mean, with these three shows kind of now going to be working work together? They, see, 205 Live, is a, it, it's a live show. Yeah. You can't. You can't have spoilers because what are you going to tape uh, a couple of matches for the cruiserweight belt? One of them will be at NXT, but it'll be taped. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Unless you start making NXT live, which, well, you know what, which maybe might not be a bad idea to get some of these up and comers. The, basically what they need to learn how to do live TV. I mean, it might not be a necessarily a bad thing. I don't know, man, but there's just a lot of guys. I think uh, could benefit from being on that roster uh, for 205 Live. You could trim some of the fat off of there. There's a lot of guys that I think we've seen once and never seen again. Mm-hmm. And, and there's somebody like uh, like a Tyler Breeze who should end up on 205 Live instead of writing people tickets for. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. But uh, how about you know? Let's just head on to the main event of the NXT. Uh, Bobby Roode. Versus the champion, Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I think this is going to be a fantastic match. I don't even need to see it without even knowing that it's going to be fantastic. Be a fantastic match. I think we're, we're going to be so pumped 
from both of their entrances <laughs> that it's going to be really hard to live up to that. Th- this this is fucking very important for Bobby Roode. Very important. This is his make or break it match because if he doesn't look good in this match against the Shinsuke Nakamura, I think he he gets pushed down the ladder a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is this is your opportunity. Show us what you got, and you better do it good because if you don't, sorry, bud. <laughs> we invested all this time and gimmick and money mm-hmm. into you, but this is what uh, this is where he needs to shine. This is important, and, and also too uh, on that Triple H phone call today, uh, they were um, asking about Shinsuke moving up, and you know Triple H said that you know he's thirty seven years old, and people were asking you know when's he gonna. Why you know when's he gonna move up or whatnot? And Triple H basically, long story short, explained that you know, um, even though he's been wrestling for a while, he hasn't really wrestled and uh, worked for the WWE and the way they you know do their programming, if you will, and how their their cameras react to certain things or whatnot. So they're right. Kinda, he can't cut a promo. They're, they're fine. Can barely t- speak fucking English. <laughs> so yeah, they, they want to fine tune him more down there. So and then they said you know when he's when they're ready with that they'll move him up. So I mean. That could be tomorrow, or that could be at the end of the year, or next week. Who knows when it'll happen? But they, like I said, they're still working with him as far as getting him WWE ready. Yeah, um, but you got to look at it from their perspective too. God forbid he loses that belt. You don't want to give away your. You can't. You basically you asking him that. You're asking for spoilers. No, yeah, of course, yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So everybody just shut the fuck up and enjoy the television show. But how about this too? To where after this match happens, uh, Bobby Roode, Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay, Bobby Roode wins it, or okay, Shinsky wins it. Uh, you do you, you do you need a, an NXT talent who's not a name already to to win this championship off them? To where, uh, example, Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger is a an NXT made person. I mean, we know who Bobby Roode was. We knew who Nakamura was. Um, granted, you know, whatever Ty Dillinger was doing before NXT, he wasn't as known as these two guys. Uh, you know, we had this whole TNA invasion with Eric Young, Austin Aries, Bobby Roode. Oh God, here you go again. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, like, do you think after whoever wins this championship match, uh, whoever defeats the next champion, whether Nakamura retains it or Bobby Roode, it should be, uh, like a, like a Ty Dillinger or just an up and comer guy, uh, Within no, NXT. you know why? It's 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 all about who's ready. Do you know? Do you understand the purpose of NXT is to see who's ready for that main roster? Who is ready for that next level? Well, here you. I mean, if, if some of these homegrown guys, all right, do they have the disadvantage of of never, you know, not having the popularity as a as a former TNA star or somebody from Ring of Honor? Of course. But that means they have to work that much harder. Look at some of the homegrown talent that has made it. And it's all been from the women's division. Your Charlottes, your Baileys, your, your, your Sasha Banks. I mean, you know, it, that's how it goes. When no. you're ready and, and you show that you're ready and you're given an opportunity, then maybe uh, things will start going. But you, you look at the, the, the couple of guys who have gone up there. How long did you expect a Samoa Joe to stay there? I didn't uh, expect him to stay that long. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, well, these, even, uh, these are guys who needed uh, to see if they can handle that spotlight and that top spot. I mean, you're the top guy in NXT. 
you know, you, you really got to hold it down. You got to see what you're capable of. Because, I mean, I'm just looking, I'm thinking about old champions, past NXT champions from Bo Dallas. Uh, Big E was a oh. champion. <laughs> uh, well, Neville was too. Neville's been doing good as of late. But, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking inside to where, man, uh, the past champions from NXT just recently you had Kevin Owens, you had Finn Balor, you have Nakamura. Like none of these guys that have been champion have been, you know, they're they're up the NX the NXT uh, non famous people. <laughs> I don't know how, how right, to put I, it. So let, let, let me make a point here. Yep. Outside of Ty Dillinger, name <laughs> another. No, no, seriously, name me another homegrown NXT star. Go. Thank and, you. And that's the end of it. <laughs> Exactly. That's my point. Now, yeah, I, I know. I understand it. Where you need this, you know, you need this to, to to pull the wagon. You know, you need that name to draw these places, and I get that totally. But I'm just curious if 2017 will actually see a homegrown talent win the championship and kind of have them, you know, pull the wagon for a little bit just to test the waters. But uh, I get it. But at the same time, I'm just like, man, if, if developmental has been champions of people who have been in the company or who've been in wrestling for over, you know, 10 plus years now. So just a little Look fun it. fact. Aaron Corbin made it to the main roster having never touched. I know. And that's, I'm so surprised by that too. I'm, I was always surprised by that to where, man, I thought he was definitely being groomed to be the NXT champion, but they, they brought him up right away. So, um, likes his big guys. Yeah, man. But uh, guys, you know, NXT, uh, once again, anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. Tell us who's your favorite for this weekend. Uh, are you headed down to the show? Give us a call. Call us uh, from the show, 802-297-7672. If you forget it, just remember, 802-AWP-7672. Uh, anotherwrestlingpodcast.com. But coming up right now, we're talking to a woman of honor, Kelly Klein, who is definitely pretty pretty badass. badass. <laughs> joining us today is one of the most standout women's wrestlers of 2016, and there's no sign of slowing down for her in 2017. Uh, but she isn't new to the squared circle. Joining us today is Ring of Honor's Kelly Klein. Kelly, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Now, uh, you, uh, you debuted in 2005, uh, training under Les Thatcher at the Heartland Wrestling Association. Uh, but before all that happened, uh, what led you to say, okay, I want to be a pro wrestler now? Because uh, you do have a background in softball and music, and it seems like wrestling wouldn't be the, the typical choice. Actually, that is exactly why wrestling was the perfect choice for me. I did not grow up watching wrestling at all. In fact, I was not allowed to watch it on TV. I remember one time when I was pretty young, I was probably, I, I would have to guess between four and five. My, I remember uh, my mom coming into the room and seeing my, my, I think my dad and maybe my older sister and I had, um, and my brother might've been there, but we had the TV on and it was wrestling on Sunday morning. And uh, she's, Told, told her, I don't want them watching this. And uh, that was that was it. Um, but I didn't have cable growing up, so I don't think it was real long after that that it wasn't really available to us anyway. So um, even when I was older, I, just, I never even really ran across it. And um, I did not have any knowledge at all about any kind of independent wrestling. So when I... Um, I, the, the way I first actually found out about it, 
um, other than what I'd seen on TV when I was little was I was waitressing and I was also singing in a rock band and somebody that I worked with when I, I kind of would advertise the, the band um, when we had gigs. So mm-hmm. I brought in a flyer one day and somebody I worked with said, well, I'll come see your band. If you get your band to come see me, Russell. And that was how I ended up going to an event at Heartland Wrestling Association. Mm-hmm. And the minute I, I mean, I, I, I got there, that was kind of it. Um, I remember before the show was over telling my friends, like, I want to do this. I need to figure out how to, um, you know, how, how to, I, I didn't know the proper terminology, but I was wanting to find out how to train. Mm. Um, but I, I just knew I said, I got to do this. It wasn't, I need to come back and watch more events. Um, and, you know, come back and, and see more. I was, immediately like how do I get in that ring and I think a big part of the reason that I was so attracted to it was because I have an athletic background but I also have a background in arts and theater and performance and I love all of those things and throughout my life I had been in situations where I had had to choose between one or the other and I really didn't want to do that I, I had gotten to a point where I I couldn't say okay well I I don't like this one as much. I just, I loved softball and I loved the theater and music and performance and I wasn't willing to give either of them up. So when I saw this wrestling event, it was everything that I loved all rolled into one. So rather than conflicting, they were, all these things were complementing each other. Um, And I, I think that was why immediately I thought this was just really perfect for me. I could do everything that I want to do um, and I can express myself in all these ways and I can be physical and competitive and push myself and, um, you know, do it all, all together. Nice. Yeah. It's an interesting story because, you know, a lot of people either, Hey, they grew up watching it. They wanted to be a wrestler, but you almost had that, uh, that love at first sight kind of, uh, a feeling towards pro wrestling where you saw it and you wanted to do it. So, uh, at an older yeah. age. So, uh, like I mentioned too, Les Thatcher, you were trained, uh, you trained with him, but you also trained with Cody Hawk and, uh, Jimmy Wang Yang between all three of them through the years. Is there any one piece of advice, maybe, uh, the, the best advice that they gave you during training that, you know, that still sticks with you today? Well, Les always sticks with me, and um, he, I think, is just so brilliant. Um, and I, I'm so grateful that I have had you know, the opportunity to work with him and train with him, especially now that he's, he's doing seminars, but he's not doing regular training, and he hasn't been for a long time. So um, it's an opportunity that not everybody gets. But one of the big things he always says is, logic you do make you know he says don't forget about the l word the l-o-g-i-c word and just really stressing that you don't ever do anything just to do it that there always has to be some kind of reason or intention and if there's not then you either shouldn't be doing it or you need to figure out you know what where the intention is and um, you maybe make some adjustments um and, and he and uh, Jimmy also have, have both said this. Um, Jimmy one time said, you know, I've, I've been in there when they watch the tapes and they watch matches of people or they watch tryout matches and they know within the first probably five seconds if they're interested in somebody. And if you don't start and have your fundamentals and everything 
um, your foundation crisp and just really on point, they stop watching and it doesn't matter what else you can do or if you can, you know, do some, some crazy acrobatic, amazing thing. They're, they're not even going to see it because they're going to turn off the tape or they're going to walk away. So um, it's so important to, to show your best right from the beginning and um, even keeping things simple, but doing it right and doing it well. And that's something that uh, Les has always really um, driven home with me. And I, I know that it is legitimate, um, not only because, you know, just using my brain, I thought, you know, that sounds legitimate, but I've had experiences where I've had people make comments to me and they've said something about my lockup or a headlock at the beginning of the match being really good. And that was why they stopped and watched the match. Um, I had George South um, tell me that and he shared it with Les and then they both were on um, doing a seminar and they shared it with everybody in the seminar. And George said, you know, to get me to stop trying to sell my book to watch a match, you know, he said, mean something. And that's not to kind of brag on myself, but I am a little bit. Cause I, <laughs> sure, I, yeah. I'm really proud of that comment. Oh, mm-hmm. And I'm really, um, I, I always want to make less proud. So um, when I go out into the world and, you know, people see things like that and they report back to him, that's something I feel really good about. And, and I do take a lot of pride in. So that's, that's definitely a big thing that, um, you know, he's, he's stressed and it's very true. Um, and I've found it to be very true. Definitely all, all great advice. Uh, now also in addition to pro wrestling, you have been training with a boxing coach, Joe Hornsby, uh, to incorporate boxing into your training. Uh, how has adding those skills helped you out in the wrestling world? I think one of the biggest ways that's helped me is to make me more aggressive and, uh, to, to work on continuing to move forward. And um, there, I think there are things um, that I've done and that I do, and there are traits where I I do present myself and I can be aggressive, but I wanted it to be more consistent. Mm-hmm. So being in a situation where I'm you know training and boxing and I'm sparring with people there, um, you you just you have to keep going and keep moving and keep pushing forward and. Um, just finding a different way to kind of move and different ways to strike and um, the entire way that I uh, carry myself is something that I've I've been uh, kind of gaining that, that comfort and consistency from boxing. Nice. Now, you've been a mainstay in Ring of Honor, a part of the Women of Honor, and quite possibly uh, the strongest woman in Ring of Honor. Tell us, uh, how did you come up with the end of the match, your your guillotine choke variation? Uh, is this something that, you know, you saw somewhere you loved as far as, like, saying, you know, I ha- this has to be my move? Well, so I'm, I'm not going to say that I invented it because I'm sure somebody somewhere has done something similar or the same, but... As far as the the way I initially was um, doing the combination where I was doing the fisherman suplex and the roll through into the choke, um, I started doing it really just because it felt, it just kind of felt natural. And a a lot of things that I've done and that I do are are just because it, it feels like the right thing to do. It's kind of like doing a puzzle and, um, 
just kind of figuring out the direction and how to solve the puzzle and, and where to go and what to do next. Um, so that's sometimes kind of how my mind works with wrestling. And I think part of that comes from maybe growing up around amateur wrestling and um, seeing a lot of that where you, you need to get in these these situations and you're you're trying to avoid it or you know get out of it and meanwhile you know the other guy is is grappling and trying to you know, keep you where he wants you to be and you're playing this game of chess so that's kind of always how I um I approach a lot of things it's like problem solving um so as far as that combination um I, I kind of I just sort of started doing it it felt just felt natural sure and um and then I, I got some some feedback from from some people, and um, to to make the because uh, the way I was applying the choke uh, initially when I first started doing it several years ago was just not as effective as the way I do it now. Mm-hmm. So I was able to get some feedback from from some people and get some um, a little bit more um, legitimate jujitsu technique to uh, really make that effective um once i once i apply the choke sure and you know you have uh including yourself there's also a lot of uh great competitors uh, for the women's division down there but is there any word if we'll see maybe uh, a ring of honor women's championship in 2017 or anytime soon people always ask me that and i honestly have no idea well hopefully you know, I there's, wish <laughs> that I knew. there's a lot of things changing all the time nice. so Right. Um, it's something that I, I feel like it's likely, but I just don't know. So for now, uh, without there being a belt and in lieu of that, I've just got to stay undefeated. So that's all I can really do right now. Sure. All right. Um, I can, I can keep that and I can say that, um, and until I have a belt that I can hold up in front of me too. <laughs> How does it feel to be a role model for uh, younger girls uh, out there everywhere? And uh, does having that responsibility put pressure on you uh, on how you per- portray yourself, whether you're the good guy or the bad guy, you know, just going out there knowing that you have all these young girls either, you know, looking up to you, watching you, what you're doing, just being that role model. I wouldn't say that it puts pressure on me only because, that was something that I always was aware of and that I always wanted from when I very first started wrestling. I always wanted to be able to show everyone, but in particular young girls and young women that you don't have to choose to be one thing or the other and that you can be strong and you can be pretty and you can be smart and you can be funny and you can be all of these things at the same time. So part of my motivation for sort of climbing the ladder and this is something that I um I don't know if I've ever said it publicly but I've said it privately before I, I think probably both where I've I've said that I always hoped and aspired to a larger platform where I could do that for more people so that was um really one of my my goals was to be able to make a positive impact and the, the bigger platform that I had available to me the more I could do that and the more ripples I could create. And in order to do that, of course, you know, then I have to um, train and, and work hard and, and do well in order to get there. So it, but it does, um, you know, it's something that was always important to me. So it did influence decisions I made um, 
but not to where it was like, oh man, I really wish I could do this, but, um, you know, I can't because I'm a role model. It was more like, this is something that's important to me. So that was always something that informed my decision. So there are times where, um, there are certain events or certain matches that I would choose not to be part of, or there were times where maybe I was part of a match or an event, but there was something, a specific detail, um, that I, that I wouldn't participate in. Or, um, I mean, there've been times where there was an idea, somebody said, well, I want to do this. And the crowd always goes crazy for it. And I said, you know what, I'm not really comfortable with that. And I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it because Mm. it was something where I'm thinking, okay, you know, if somebody saw this, if my mom saw it, or if, you know, some, someone, a young girl or someone saw this, how, you know, how would that look and how would that infect them? So that was something that, um, I don't think changed my decisions, but more, um, gave me the support, um, in my own mind and the courage to stand up for the, the things that I believed, um, so it, it really kind of get, just gave me another motivation um, to really stick to the values that I have for myself. Now, I'm I've not always been perfect. There have been times where I've done things or said things that I wish I hadn't. Um, some maybe sometimes in the heat of a moment, um, I've said things that I wish I hadn't said, and I, there have been times where I've apologized for things. Um, which I think is important too, in a way to, to show that, um, yes, I'm, I, you know, I make mistakes and I'm flawed and I can own up to them. So, um, in a way that's, that's not really a bad thing either where, you know, it's like, okay, I, I have flaws and I have struggles and, um, more and more recently I've been more open about, um, some of my own personal struggles because I realize that, you know, a lot of people, do have a lot of the same challenges, but everybody keeps it to themselves. Maybe they're embarrassed or for whatever reason, but then everybody just thinks they're alone and they don't think anybody else deals with it. And really it's like, we're all like standing next to each other, silently struggling with a lot of the same things. So, um, it, you know, part of that is where I have made mistakes and I made bad decisions. And then to be able to kind of say, Hey, I'm I really regret saying that and you know I'm sorry and and I need to do better. You're still young and I think you have a, a long career ahead of you, but as a wrestler do you ever look ahead with a game plan of okay, it's 2017 now. If I'm not at such and such a place by 2022 or or whatever year, uh do I stop or is it maybe a day-to-day basis in this kind of business that you really can't look too far ahead? I I'm always curious so that you know the the mentality as far as wrestlers go to where do you have an end game for it, for you right now, or is it just you know whatever happens uh, what happens? Well, my mentality has changed over the years, and, and in a way, it's a little bit of both. Because years ago, I would say definitely um, I was in that mindset of the kind of like you make a five year plan and you've got to accomplish this, this, and this, and this is the route you have to go, and this is the way you have to do it, and the steps you have to take. And if you don't, that, you know, you can't accomplish what you want to accomplish. And over the years, I've found that a lot of my beliefs um, and a lot of them that were perpetuated and um, 
shared with me by you know, other people ahead of me in the business, I, I found them just to be absolute BS. Now, a lot of people believe them and they had good reason to believe those things. But for me, they turned out to be just untrue. And had I continued to believe some of those things, I would have, and for a long time, I did stand in my own way. And once I started to realize like, hey, that doesn't have to be true. And it certainly doesn't have to be true for me. Um, things like, especially for the women, a common one is the age limit. And now if you don't make it by this time, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's it. You might as well quit. That's a huge one for the women. And if you don't look like this or work here, um, that you, you know, you're just, you're not going to make it. And I, I, I just flew in the face of a lot of those things. And the more I did that, the more my mentality and vision evolved. And I also have accomplished things that I never even knew to dream of. I never, it never occurred to me that I could be um, the top woman in woman of honor and be um, an undefeated uh, female on one of the best wrestling shows there is that I wouldn't have even known to dream of that. So that's some somewhere something where now I, I realized um, that planning too much just limits you because you don't even know what opportunities there might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you can't progress and accomplish things if you're vague. Um, vague intentions get vague results. So the things that I can plan on and I can focus on are whatever opportunities there might be, I have to be ready for them. So I can, I can focus on my, my training and my exercise and my nutrition and my looks and those things I can, I can be really intentional about. Um, and then just being open to changing, um, sort of changing my trajectory and evolving and, at seeing what, what different opportunities um, might be available uh, and then being able to kind of change my, my approach or change my route. So you know, that was something where I wasn't even thinking about Ring of Honor because I just didn't even think it was an option. And then um, I thought, okay, you know what, I'm going to go to this tryout and that completely changed everything. And that was when I was like, and, and one of the things too was that even at that camp, I remember telling Maria Canellis, Hey, I'm, I'm really trying to get leaner. And she said, she said, don't, don't try to be something other than who you are. And I realized that I was trying to, I was trying to look like these girls who just, that's not, that's not me. Mm-hmm. So I I wasn't able to achieve that, so I couldn't look like them, but I also wasn't, because of that, being able to be my best self, so I really was kind of, like, in this limbo, and that was when I realized, you know what, like, kind of worry about myself and just being my best that I can be and not trying to be the best version of that other person because I can't be I can only be the best me so that was another thing where I had you know oh you have to look a certain way or this or that um that 
you know, I, I realized it's like that was holding me back by, by even just buying into that. So, um, but now I, anytime my trajectory changes, which when, um, when it did and I started working with Ring of Honor, then I could start thinking of, okay, well, kind of where can I go from here and um, how could I continue to work with this company and ha- sort of having plans and having ideas and having steps on how to progress, but knowing that things could change and then I would have to kind of reassess and be willing to do that and not just totally have the blinders on and ignore um, as, as, just things around me change so that's where it's like it's kind of both (laughs) sure yeah now uh, this is just more a curiosity question you wear pink mouth guard not too many people wear one um some notables i've known uh kurt angle shinsuke nakamura is it out of choice or just for your look or because of an old injury i I don't know i'm just always curious about why people make different choices and that's one of them uh it just stands out to me yeah it was a little bit of all of that um it was my choice and uh kind of kind of to, to stand out um and you know have have sort of that that kind of look and have something to brand myself a little bit and um I have had some chips teeth too so um and I had actually tried to use a mouth guard years ago and I I couldn't find one that I liked I had a couple different ones um probably two or three different ones that I tried and I just really had a lot of trouble with them so I quit using it but I kind of always wanted to use one so then I I tried it again and I um I found one that I that I kind of like and I'm able to use but I'm I'm also on the hunt for an even better one so I've had some people kind of share with me some ideas of of different ones that they they liked and that they thought they you know would really be be useful so which is great because I I don't really want to um, chip any more teeth and there I, I remember even within like the last year there was one one time where for some reason I didn't have my mouth guard in and then I got kind of popped in the mouth and my you know got a, a busted lip and I was like oh you know that's that's why so <laughs> Well, you know, it's it, the one time I didn't use it. <laughs> sure, yeah. For the record, I love it. It looks cool. I was just curious if there Thank was, you. you know, for whatever reason it was, but uh, it definitely it works. I love it. Um, now the, uh, they say uh, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Is there anyone you base your character or or look off uh, or just move set off of? Uh, anybody maybe you grew up or anybody that you've seen um, to that transitions into who we now know today as Kelly Klein? Is there anybody that you're, uh, you know? You, stuff you're well, since from? I since I didn't grow up watching professional wrestling, what I really grew up around was amateur um, and college style wrestling. So that's always been um, kind of my favorite. And when when I think about the the guys that I really like watching wrestle, it's like the Dean Malenko and the Guerreros and Benoit and and those those guys that are really good at that kind of grappling and mat style. Um, and that's just always been something that I, I really enjoyed. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say, you know, there's like any one in particular inspiration, but um, certainly there, there are all kinds of, of people and things that um, I kind of, you, know, you take in and, and then 
find find the part that I've, I've found what I connect with, and and that's even outside of wrestling, um, just into uh, you know, in history and pop culture and movies and literature, you know, there's, there are just always things that you can kind of pull. And that's why I think that some of the best wrestlers and some of the best wrestling personalities are people that are very well-rounded and they have, um, experiences and education and interests and hobbies outside of wrestling, because then they're getting just a more varied, um, I guess, um, in sort of, I guess it's group of inspiration so they can pull from where if, if it's like you eat, sleep and breathe just wrestling, then eventually it's, it, to me, it's kind of, that's where it would get maybe repetitive. Um, and it would be, you, you would sort of start like pulling in the same things. And then, um, I think that that just can limit people. Uh, so, to me, just having all of those different different places to pull inspiration from, whether it's um, for my look. Uh, there have been times where you know, I've, I've seen historical images that there was something about it that I liked or um, something from a movie or a show or um, you know, one of those like modeling reality shows, you know, all, or um, a cartoon. I mean, all kinds of things that there'll be like one little thing that, Oh, that's, I like that. Or, you know, that, that's cool. And, um, you know, and then the same thing with you know, character, uh, where all I've read about different, um, real and mythological, uh, really strong women through, through history and across cultures where there'll be different things about, um, different traits about them that really resonate with me. So it's kind of like a, a melting pot, I guess. <laughs> WWE last year did the the Cruiserweight Classic. Uh, last week they had the the UK tournament. Uh, now there's talks of having a women's tournament maybe this summer. Uh, what are your thoughts maybe uh, of them putting a, a bigger spotlight now on many women around the world who aren't signed by WWE? Uh, because a few years ago this you know wasn't happening. If if you didn't go through their system, it, it was almost as if they wouldn't look at you. But uh, I mean I know you're in Ring of Honor, but also just being uh, a wrestler too who works on the independents, does it? I don't want to say give you hope. I think I think that is a, an okay word because I think that when just as with the industry overall, when one group does well, um, typically all the groups will do better and it's better for everyone. Mm-hmm. So then if we even just focus in on the women, when there's attention paid to women's wrestling, that's good for, for all women's wrestling whether they work there or at a different company or independently, it, it brings a different attention and a different focus to women's wrestling. So it, so it is good for, for everyone, whether, whether they work there or not. And I feel like now there are so many women who are um, at all different levels in, in wrestling right now. Some are, just getting started and there are some that have been around for a long time and maybe just haven't quite like broken out of their area. And then there are some that have, um, you know, kind of been around and people know who they are. They're just, there's a huge talent pool. So I think that having more places and, and even on the kind of independent level, you see more, um, all women's companies. And then you see, uh, different companies that are just putting on all women's events or all women's tournaments, 
regularly. So um, I think that just shows how how many women are out there and how hard they're working. And that's good for everybody because it's more competition and it makes everybody step up their game. That's right. Perfect. Uh, Kelly, I could probably talk to you all day, but uh, we thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time out today. Uh, Where can the fans keep up with you on social media today? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at real Kelly Klein. That's real K E L L Y K L E I N. Perfect. Uh, Once again, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much. Today's show is brought to you by This is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to another wrestling podcast in association with Celeb VM. Order a personal video message from me and many other wrestlers and celebrities now. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Get a personal video message for yourself or as a gift for someone else. For personal connections, shout-outs, birthdays, proposals, weddings, and much more. Enter your details about yourself so the celebrity can record a personal video message, especially for you, including details such as your name, age, birthday, hobbies, or whatever else you include. As soon as the video has been recorded, you'll get an email with your link so you can share it on social media or download and keep it. Celebrities record videos as and when they can, usually within two weeks. But if you want a video for a specific date and it does not look like it will arrive in time, you can cancel it and get an instant refund at the click of a button. There are hundreds of celebrities to choose from and many more joining every day. Search by category or genre. Buy a gift voucher, get updates and offers, and encourage your favorite celebrities to join so they can connect with fans in a fun and unique way. Raise money for their charities and much more. So order your video now for yourself or for someone else. Celebrity Video Messages and another wrestling podcast team up. Be sure to head on over to celebvm.com slash AWP. All right. Uh, once again, thanks to Kelly Klein for joining us. Can't wait to, to see more from her. And uh, who knows what 2017 will lead for her. But uh, this is why we're here, Cooter. The Royal Rumble 2017. and listen to her talk all day. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we're here at the Rumble now, Cooter. Uh, you know, we have a big Rumble match, but I figured we'll save that for the main event of the show. Uh, let's, let's just start right from the bottom work our way to the top. Uh, like, I, like I said earlier... Uh, a six-hour, seven-hour show happening again because it's one of the big four. So we have a kickoff show. And on the kickoff show, there's going to be two kickoff matches. Uh, the first one I'm going to get right to is the Raw Tag Team Champions, Cesaro and Sheamus versus Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. We've had some teases over the past few weeks, over the past few months, to where, man, did I really want to see the club win the, the championships. Um, it's been teased. Do you think it's going to happen at the Rumble? I mean, these guys have gotten more title shots this year, even 2016, till now that it's almost like, all right, just give it to them already. I mean, they they teased us with the New Day versus them a bunch, and now we're getting some teases with these guys. Do you think it's about time we get get the club, uh, the championships? Some guys just don't need the titles. I I would love to see them to win it, don't get me wrong. But... uh... Them not winning the titles makes them look any less badass than they really are to me. Um, that's really all I got to say about it. I, I love this team of, of, of Cesaro and Sheamus, and I love the club. And at the same time, as disappointed as I was where they 
had that stupid finish where, you know, the ref had to change his tampon because Sheamus kicked him in the head. Yeah, I'll say it two weeks in a row because it was funny then and it was <laughs> funny now. But God damn it, man. It's like, again, this is I don't have this is something I wanted to see again anyway, because these two teams had some pretty damn good chemistry. All right. Well, well, here's this, too. Now, this fact is uh, Cesaro and Sheamus are also in the Rumble later on in that night. Uh, and Luke and Carl are not added to that list of Rumble because there's already 22 confirmed names for the Rumble. 22, which we'll get to later, but Cesaro and Sheamus are in the Rumble. Does that maybe foreshadow a loss of the Tag Team Championships to where we see them in the Rumble and they each eliminate each other? I don't know. I'm just throwing out that ideas here, but I don't know. Do you think it's time we... we I don't know. I think it's personally time to oh, get into the club, you but... Know, you're like fucking Nostradamus over here. Keep I'm it moving. I know. <laughs> just got to enjoy... <laughs> I'm trying to read the tea leaves. Like, Get into the... Let me read the tea leaves. Let me see. <laughs> no, man. Who cares? I mean, Roddy Piper, I think uh, one year was in the Royal Rumble while also winning the Intercontinental Championship at the same pay-per-view. And I'm going to fact check that because you know what? I could be wrong. <laughs> well, either either way, what you do, uh, I will say this, though. If, if the club does win the championships... Man, I, I would really wish they would hold it past WrestleMania, but I would love to see them in a WrestleMania match. And if they do lose it to somebody else, they lose it to somebody else. But I think they've paid their dues in the WWE uh, by now that I would love to see them win it. So that's just the kickoff match. We got a lot more matches to go. Uh, Sasha Banks has been downgraded to the pre-show cooter versus Nia Jax. Now, everybody always keeps joking about that, even though it's not really downgraded. It's still part of the show. Well, sure. It is, it's sure. A, it's also with the asterisk next to it saying it's part of the kickoff show. Uh, does, should it have this been, I don't know, a main a main match? I don't know. Oh, God. See, this is what we've been talking about for weeks. It's, it's a terribly booked match because the buildup has not been that great. And again... It's because it's not in the title picture where they've done a pretty decent job with Bailey and Charlotte. They tried a few different things where it was with this one. It's not so much, uh, you know, story behind it other than, okay, I'm Nia Jackson. I just beat up on a, a, a broken Sasha Banks and how devastating this has to be to somebody like Sasha, who's basically won the belt twice this year. Had I know, yeah, you one of the, the main events huge of the year with Charlotte, delegated to you know wrestling the fat bitch at fucking on the pre-show, and 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 that's no disrespect to Nia Jax. I, I should I should say that because she'll probably kick my ass, <laughs> but at the same time, I mean, I, I think Nia Jax is probably one of the most underutilized talents on that roster. Yes, I think she's one of the best women on that roster. I think I, she would have a fantastic match with Charlotte for the belt. I just, I, I can't understand why they try to make her look pretty. Now, don't get me wrong. I've seen old pictures of her. Uh, it's like you she's tap that. She's a beast. Come on. You wouldn't tap that. <laughs> she, yeah, she looks like, would. she looks like Bam Bam Bigelow and they put oh, the head stop. of a woman on it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's uh, like I said, I get it. I, she's a big girl and I'm not making fun of that, but I'm saying they try to make her pretty. Pretty. Like, I don't think her character needs that kind of a makeup job and hair job and just make her look like a beast. Hell, throw a mask on her. I don't know. Just, I just, I don't know. I, I, 
anyway, I, I don't know. I what you're saying because we, when you look at some of the she bigger girls be... in the history, I mean, you look at somebody like uh, Awesome Kong, who was known to WWE fans for a cup of coffee as Karma, but, uh, you know, she wasn't trying to look like, uh, you know, even like Jessica Havoc, man. She's not even WWE, but she's a she's a bigger girl. But she fucking yeah. looks awesome with the paint on her face. Like she's she's not trying to be pretty and dressed up. And I feel like they just need to stop that with Nia Jax. Yeah, and well, they they're doing that with everybody, and that's unfortunate because we got into a point where the women's division should be about women's wrestling, but they still want to keep that small part of that diva aspect where they got to look good. No, they don't. Yeah, because uh, you know. Uh, because I said so. Oh, and uh, I, I'm sorry. There's another kickoff match on the scooters. How many kickoff matches do we need? Uh, but the women on SmackDown have also been downgraded to the kickoff show. Uh, at least anything could change, but at least from when we did this, this is they're on the kickoff show. Uh, Becky Lynch, Nikki Bella, and Naomi versus Alexa Bliss, Mickey James, and Natalia. Uh, oh boy, poor Mickey James. <laughs> it's like here we go. Let we, me get my shit out there before I forget. <laughs> we went from practically stealing the show at NXT TakeOver Toronto to a six-man tag on the pre-show of the Rumble. <laughs> moving up in the world. Yeah, moving on up. Once again, they don't know how to book these girls outside of a damn title. Like, okay, you have Sasha versus Nia. That's okay. The storyline on Raw is going good, but now we have all these girls, and it's like we. It's this isn't WrestleMania. Everybody doesn't need to be on the show. It's whether if you have a good story or not, then you get on the show. I mean, all these girls do not need to be in one match. I mean. I don't know. Like, why can't we just have Mickey James go against Becky Lynch? Or you really, you realize I, what they literally did here was, oh yes, we have Nikki Bella and uh, Mickey J- and, and, and Natalia this feud. Uh, we don't want to give them a standalone match because we got to get Becky Lynch on there. But she's she's feuding with with Mickey James. And this week they they had that stupid Naomi versus Alexa Bliss thing going on, and it was just. They didn't even have the match, so let's throw these two in, in, in a quick, quick feud, like a couple of days before the Rumble, so we can make this giant, uh, I don't know, fruit smoothie. <laughs> and that's what you said, too, is that they had this story going. Okay, they had this Natalia versus Nikki Bella story going that she attacked her, and then Nikki went heel, and then, okay, you got a story. Use it. Give them a fucking match. Like, I'm sorry. You know, not every girl needs to be in a damn match, and... And no offense to them, if they did it with the guys, I'd still be saying the same thing. But still, they should have just made a fucking rumble for the women, and that's it. It could have been a twenty man, a twenty woman, or a ten woman. I don't care. I've been saying that for months because we got enough women on both rosters. And hell, we could always throw some legends in there, the same way we do for the men. Let's get a Beth Phoenix in there, or or a Lita, or. uh, you know, we, yeah, you, we you can throw Sunny in there with her, <laughs> We can throw Sunny in there with a Skype number on her back. You know. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, that's I can't like I, I, these bookers, man. Like, how does I feel like nobody's afraid? Everybody's afraid to pitch like these good ideas, and it's just like, oh, we'll put them three on three. This is just. Oh, I, I'm just moving on because I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Yes, um, please. <laughs> Let's talk about the the cruiserweight championship uh, because I am an avid fan of of, of 205 Live. And Neville versus Rich, Rich Swan is potentially could be a show stealer, though. Of course, the crowd will probably be dead. Well, I shouldn't even say that. It is a Rumble crowd. Yeah, it could be. And it it's could not be on the pre-show. But let me just say something before you talk about this match. Mm-hmm. 
the build up to it has been amazing. They've told a great story week in and week out. And Neville, I don't think has ever looked better. I mean, he had a match yes. mm-hmm. this week against Cedric Alexander, which was probably the match of the week. It could be the match of the month, quite honestly. It was unbelievable. And if that's any small inkling of what we can get out of Cedric Alexander, because uh, he's he's ready for big things. But anyway, Neville and Rich Swan, I mean, they've just been beating the piss out of each other week in and week out. It's just one of these things that I really I want to see come to fruition. I, I really want to see this match Probably more than anything because, you know, 205 Live is, is probably the one show guaranteed I'm going to watch live. Sure. And, uh, you know, Neville, the king of the cruiserweights, uh, you know, we there was talk about him going down to the cruiserweight division for a while. They finally stuck him in there. He's a heel now, which I think fits him so much better than anything he's ever done so far. Uh, I mean, he, we got a little taste of it in NXT, but finally they're, they're bringing the heel Neville uh, to here. Um, now, I th- I'm, one thing I'm worried about is... Is is this the new hardcore championship? I feel are we going to have another cruiserweight champion already, or could we kind of build off this a little bit more till maybe Mania? Or I, I mean, I know they don't have a huge roster and they only have like certain guys to work with, but I don't know. I, I, do you think it's going to go to Neville uh, at the Rumble, the cruiserweight championship? I would hope not. As much as he deserves some respect, I, I really feel like, in a way, you're right. We, we got to put the belt on somebody and stick with it for a while. We got to make that belt credible because, I mean, well, Rich Swan's had it for a couple of months now, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Neville, I mean, is an incredible talent. Probably one of the best guys they have for the cruiserweights, even though he wasn't always a cruiserweight. And, man, I really wish they would give him the WWE Championship one day. But hopefully he could break out of this cruiserweight mode <laughs> one day. But I don't know. I think if you do give it to Neville, man, I think he could definitely hold on to it for a while. Um, and at least, I don't know, I, I, I think he could definitely build a division around Neville a little bit more because he's definitely hella talented. I'm just going to yeah, say that. Yeah, well, you're, you're, you're looking at a guy that, that has that big market value that b- puts credibility to the division itself. It's why I, I, I look forward to it, to an Austin Aries. I mean, there's a lot of these guys I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh Next week, we're getting uh, an Akira Tozawa debuting, and that's somebody who, who I watched in the Classic I thought was amazing. I'm really looking forward to seeing him again. Um, they, they got that. Uh, they, they got some interesting guys, and, and you can see how certain guys have, are, are getting an opportunity, like a Mustafa Ali. He's had a couple of matches. Your Tony Nese is getting a lot of matches. Uh, Drew Gulak. Uh, God, who's the one who's been going up against uh, Cedric Alexander and Sto- Noam Dar? Yep. I mean, these are guys that I'm I'm really starting to like. Uh, we can get rid of some of these other jobbers that we had there, like the Bollywood boys and a lot of these other scrubs. Because I think uh, we're going to see an influx of some some lighter talent. I would love, again, I know I said it earlier, I would love to see Tyler Breezeness and stop handing out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I stop handing people tickets for fashion police. I mean, that's just, just fucked up, man. Know. And, you know, regardless to not nitpick, nitpick this match, I mean, Rich Swan versus Neville is going to be an incredible match. I think oh, yeah. this is this is going to define what being a cruiserweight is. And so at the end of the day, I think we all win with this match. Oh, there's no question about it. I couldn't agree more. Now, uh, I, another match to where I could predict the future, uh, Raw Women's Champion Charlotte Flair versus Bayley. Um, you know, two 
half, two halves of the the the, the uh, what is it? The fucking two I, halves would be one. No, it would be two quarters. Two quarters. Yeah, two quarters of the four horsewomen. Yes. There we go. I couldn't even spit that out. But that's the, the, exactly what I'm saying. Two quarters actually equals a half. <laughs> so it would be half of the horsewomen. So I went to art right. school, man, and I smoked a lot. So I don't don't. Don't do math right now with me, but uh, yeah, I dropped out of college because you know, I like, <laughs> I like I like my beers. <laughs> uh, well, we got the Sandman and RVD tonight for you for the rest of your remaining. <laughs> uh, but you know, no, I mean, uh, this is Bailey's first championship match uh, for the for the, well for the championship. As stupid as it says, uh, it, it's her first title shot, if you will, uh, at a big pay per view. I don't see this happening. I don't see it going her way. I feel like Charlotte's going to hold it till Mania. She still has her streak going with pay-per-view wins, so she is still undefeated. And I really think the best place to, to defeat that streak would be WrestleMania. I don't think it would be the Rumble, and especially for Bailey's first shot at it, because if Bailey does win it and beats that, does all that, I don't want to see Charlotte winning the championship again at Mania. Like She's done a lot. I think it really needs to... To wait till till Mania and then give it to Bailey or whomever again and just kind of build a new champion and kind of put Charlotte on the back burner from winning that championship to which she's already like a 20-time champion in a year. Yeah, I mean, what is she, like a three or four-time champion? Four times. <laughs> is it four times? Four times since WrestleMania last year, and that's okay, kind of ridiculous. Or four or yeah. five times, I don't know. Yeah, we've, it doesn't matter. It's just give it to somebody else, but wait till Mania. All right, so you wanted to hold it because I wanted to hold it just because I think the because she still has that winning streak for pay per views, so uh, like it's at yeah, seventeen one, or something yeah, like that, and that that's that belt that's been passed around more than a hooker from Poughkeepsie. <laughs> so I think yeah. if if it's gonna end, it has to end at Mania. Don't do it at the Rumble because then Mania is right around the corner, and it's just I think it'd be more memorable at Mania. Or yeah, lost, I mean, I mean I'm lost just... from her, so. They, they've they've uh, finally gotten a championship match where they've actually built so besides Sasha and Charlotte. Oh, uh, very similar, but I mean they 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 really dug into the journals for this one. I mean, literally <laughs> Bailey's poetry and shit like that. Like, there's a little bit of a you know a, a ball breaking storyline behind it, and that you know kind of makes me chuckle. But I mean, at least it's you know. Something, right? No, definitely. Well, we'll Fuck. I, at the end of the day, I think Charlotte's walking out. So, uh, moving right along, shall we? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, uh, one of the matches I think might make me sad would be the Universal Championship match. Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. A no-DQ match with Chris Jericho suspended above the ring in a shark cage. Cooter, how do you see this happening? I don't know what I'm upset about more. The fact that Roman Reigns is getting a title shot against Kevin Owens, or the fact that Chris Jericho is going to be in a shark cage. (laughs) I I really, like, I don't see how putting the belt on Roman Reigns right now makes any sense. So I really hope that he does not win. I mean, I kind of have a feeling I already know what's going to happen anyway, but... I'm telling you, man, I think out of any championship match happening at the Rumble, I I honestly feel that Roman Reigns is going to win it. Um, No way. And I think, hear me out, so this is going to build, so something's going to happen with that damn shark cage. Chris Jericho's going to get out, cost Kevin Owens the match, Kevin Owens loses... 
Roman Reigns is your new Universal Champion, and this begins the feud of Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho leading up to Mania, but I don't know who's going to challenge Roman Reigns for that championship, and if Roman Reigns walks out of the Royal Rumble as Universal Champion, he better, he better lose it at WrestleMania, that's all I'm saying. I'm not mad that Roman Reigns is winning it, but he better lose it to whoever wins that Royal Rumble match. See, I'm going exact opposite against you. I think I have a feeling like Jericho is going to drop his U.S. title out of the fucking cage to Kevin Owens or some shit like that, some kind of foreign object. Drop it down to Owens to hit fucking Reigns with it and to get the match. I, I think the Chris and Kevin show continues, baby, because it's, it's been the best thing they've had on TV. Definitely. Hey, e- either side, uh, we're definitely giving those options out there. So, uh, But I'm, I'm still afraid, though. I'm still afraid that Kevin Owens will walk out of their uh, title list. But... Uh, one hell of a run if he if he does and uh, man oh man Roman Reigns is at it again I guess there he's back baby <laughs> uh, but yeah man we we you know let's just get right to the right the real match I really I'm curious uh, what's gonna happen and I'm also afraid again kind of uh, we have WWE champion AJ Styles versus John Cena you know they've put on a great feud in 2016 they've had a hell yes. of a match at the SummerSlam. Uh, and now we're at the Royal Rumble. Uh, now, I want to read into it again at where you know John Cena is pretty much becoming the Rock, if you will, doing a lot of these things. He's hosting the Kids' Choice Awards. He's hosted the Hespy Awards. He's uh, filming uh, tr- Iron uh, True Grit or American Grit. True Grit. <laughs> He's filming American Grit Two. Oh God! Uh, soon after WrestleMania, so. Could this be where John Cena ties Ric Flair 16 times? It better not be. It really better not be. Because uh, don't forget, too, because after this, they only have fast lane after this. And uh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Excuse me. After uh, after the Rumble, SmackDown's pay-per-view will be the Elimination Elimination Chamber. Chamber. So if he does win it, he also can lose it again and then also win it again at WrestleMania to make him a 17 time champion. Don't you fucking dare. (laughs) I'm just throwing it out there. I want to make sure everybody knows the possibilities. Let's let's, let's, let's do a quick timeline (laughs) shit over here. I mean, in a year, AJ Styles has debuted at the Rumble, probably gotten one of the best pops out of a surprise entrance, a losing match against Chris Jericho in his first WrestleMania. So sad. Right. Going to have one of the best feuds of the year against John Cena. Uh Finishing it off at SummerSlam with a clean win. Winning the WWE Championship pretty much the next month or two. Mm-hmm. And holding down that roster until Cena came back. Here's the thing. If John Cena wins this title, <laughs> then the reason why I have chosen SmackDown over Raw is complete bullshit. <laughs> because John Cena can go away. Somebody can actually turn that company around, that brand around, and Cena gets to walk in and say, yeah, I want a title shot because I'm John Cena. And thanks for keeping my seat warm, kid. <laughs> I know, man. That's basically how it is. It just drives me You know nuts. WWE's booking, man. You know WWE's booking to where we're most logical out here as fans, as marks, but... Man, you know, I'm saying WWE loves breaking records. They love breaking records, and you know what? Here's a question for you. Is there no record that is sacred? I don't think so, man. (laughs) And, you know, they are debuting a statue at WrestleMania for Flair, which uh, we'll have to talk about next week, but... 
I'm saying, what better place to break Flair's record than at WrestleMania? Um, Stop it. I'm just throwing it out there. but uh, Yeah, throw it out the fucking window. I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you got to watch out because uh, you got to gotta make sure you break the news easily to Angry Cooter. Cause... Oh, God. <laughs> moving along. Moving along. <laughs> but it, like I said, it's going to be interesting to whoever wins it. If it's AJ or Cena, don't forget, man, that elimination chamber. So uh, there's a lot of variables that can go in it between now and WrestleMania. So uh, whoever wins it, whether AJ retains it or Cena wins it, who uh, they're going to lose it at the Elimination Chamber, I'm thinking. And then, so, I don't know. There's a lot of variables happening till Mania. So, uh, but if at the Cena wins, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to tweet my displeasure. <laughs> I might even send a Viner an Instagram. Hell, if, if Cena wins, me and my friend Mark are going to riot. <laughs> Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that leads us to the to the main event, the Royal Rumble. Uh, now, there's 22 confirmed names, Cooter. No Seth Rollins. Uh, let me just read the names really quick, and maybe there might be somebody that stands out, that, like, why isn't he in there? But let me just read the names so everybody can hear it. These are the 22 confirmed names. You're going to say a name, and then I'm, I'm going to give a quick uh, description. All right. Go ahead. Goldberg. Old. Brock Lesnar. Steroids. Big E. Fat. Kofi Kingston. Overrated. <laughs> Xavier Woods. Trombone player. Chris Jericho. Greatest of all time. Braun Strowman. Athletic. Baron Corbin. The future of SmackDown. The Undertaker. Really is dead at this point. <laughs> Dean Ambrose. <laughs> wannabe Brian Pillman. The Miz. Um, yeah, the wannabe somebody. Dolph Ziggler. Want to be Shawn Michaels? Cesaro. Oh, uh, yeah. Fuck him, too. Sheamus. Ginger. Bray Wyatt. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Randy Orton. All right. This has run its course. I'm almost done, though. Luke Harper. Luke Harper. Another crazy fuck. <laughs> the Big Show. Not fat anymore. Sami Zayn. Ginger. Small version. Ginger Jr. Big Cass. Why is he in the Rumble? I don't understand it. How is he in the Rumble, but but Enzo isn't? I don't know. Uh, Rusev. Machka. And, I love Rusev. And Mojo Rawley. Why? Why do we have this guy in our lives? <laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug. I'm just saying. So the, the names that I've read, those are the 22 confirmed names. No Seth Rollins because he lost the match to Sami Zayn. I'm sure something's going to happen where he beats up somebody for their numbers. He's definitely going to be in it. I'm, I'm assuming. So you have that. Now, Cooter, that leads to uh, you know, are there, who the surprise is going to be. Just some names to throw out there. Samoa Joe. Finn, of course, it's Samoa Joe is going to be Finn in there. Balor, maybe. I don't know he's, if he's even ready yet i mean he's he's supposed to he's supposed to return at the end of february uh to sometime around that time so i mean unless he john cena did it um and he's ready he could be he could be a surprise we don't know uh kurt angle could be a surprise they just announced him for the hall of fame maybe i i don't think he i think it's pretty safe to say that he's not going to be in the rumble he might be at the rumble but not in it all right and uh, also you know breaking news kenny omega says He's meeting with New Japan in February, but he's not going to be at the Rumble. Um, he, he he doesn't have a contract, though, so he's not signed with New Japan. He's not signed with anybody. He says he, he's not going to be at the Rumble, but well, let's, let's uh, be just, honest. It could be a possibility. I, I, listen, I know he's not going to be at the Rumble, but if WWE wanted him at the Rumble, they could make it happen. Sure. That and goes to show you whether they want him that badly or not. 
Sure. Pay me that fuck money, Virgil <laughs> style. No, real talk. I mean, he's probably the hottest. Because how how are you going to top that fucking uh, AJ Styles, uh, you know, pop he they did last right year? Now, exactly. He is the hottest name in wrestling outside of the WWE right now. If it, it gets no hotter than him right there. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's not like we're going to get a, a surprise return from a Cody Rhodes. No, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, out of those names that I read, I think Joe, Finn Balor, Kurt Angle, or Kenny Omega, I mean, granted, who if they're not in it or they're in it, out of one of those names, I think those have the possibility to outdo or at least match the same level as an AJ Styles in the Rumble last year. We'll see, but I don't know what other surprises. You know, those are just some of the names that I came up. Is there anybody else that could come in there as a surprise? That's a legend or somebody? I don't know anybody you could think of. Chris Benoit. <laughs> I don't think that's possible. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't think so either. It was it was worth a swing and a miss, but whatever. So it's uh, eight yeah. spots though. It's eight spots uh, left on, on surprises. Um, it, so, well, it's really only seven because you know Samoa Joe is practically a guarantee and seth rollins too so now we're down to six there's uh, no way seth rollins is in that there's he, no way he I, I don't know man I, I could see him in there because he's definitely and maybe triple h that's another name i didn't throw out to where if seth rollins they does get in put triple h in that match if seth rollins was in it and if he's not in it it's not happening so that's two other names so uh, there's a lot of possibilities but uh Cooter, man. I mean, uh, I also want to let you know that some of uh, the, the current bidding sites on uh, the betting odds for the matches. I'm gonna. There's a lot of everybody, but I'm gonna give you the top six of who they have as winning according to all these bets. Okay. So the number one person. Actually, I'll read it from the, the bottom to the top and reveal the number one betting odds going into this weekend. Uh, at number six, Samoa Joe. Okay. Number five, Finn Balor. Uh, number four, Randy Orton. Why? I, uh, he's got a good number, man. Everybody's thinking he's going to win it, too. So uh, another one. Uh, number three, Braun Strowman. I don't see that happening. I don't think he's ready. All right. Now, the, make, the, 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 if, if they're learning anything from Roman Reigns, the mistake that they've made is, is, is pushing him too fast too soon. Yeah. Too and, far too soon, rather, you know? All right. Well, now uh, the last two names on the top, you know, the, t- the top odds for, for winning the Royal Rumble. Number two, Goldberg. Ugh. And number one, The Undertaker. Ugh. Now, Cooter, this is the Royal Rumble. The the can we can can you book it for me? I want maybe see if we can you know come up with an ending. I want you to book it your way. I'll I don't want I don't want to do that. I just want to maybe give me your winner, and then who, if you had a guess, just pick any one of these guys who wins it, and then what happens from there till Mania. I mean, do they who who do they go on to pick to fight to fight for? Because honestly, they honestly haven't even said, hey, if you win it, you have if you're from Raw, you have to only fight for the Raw Championship, or if you're from SmackDown, you can only fight for the SmackDown one. So they haven't yeah, said you the used rules. To get to choose back in the day. Yeah. So they even ha- they haven't even said that yet. So I'm kind of curious that they're still throwing out. The idea of, like, they don't know what to well, do right. yet. I, I'll throw out some quick ideas that come to mind. Suppose, um, and this only works, of course, during if certain people win the titles. Yeah. But um, if Reigns wins the title, I could see Finn Balor winning it uh, because Reigns and Finn Balor had that really, really good match. Yeah, yeah. For uh, – Balor got That'd be an too. awesome main event, man. And I loved you know, because I remember what you remember when he beat Reigns. Reigns was like, "Oh, that kid's good. I, I, I want to wrestle him again." He beat Reigns clean yeah. on his first yeah. night. So, yeah. oh, so you know they love him. 
Yeah, here's another uh, another dumb scenario. If God forbid, um, you know, Cena wins, H- him and Samoa Joe really broke into the business together. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know that. I, I only learned that about a, about a year ago. Our, our good friend Mike told me that one. I had no idea. Yep. So, I mean, there's got to be some kind of pictures or video footage of them somewhere training together, getting in this business. And as hot as Joe is right now, he would be the perfect heel to put up against, uh, you know, WWE's golden boy. And, of course, you know, John Cena will will force him to do the job. Yeah. Well, I'll just throw two scenarios out, too, with you because – uh, Samoa Joe, uh, like you just said, you said going against Cena, but I could also see Samoa Joe go against Roman Reigns if he's the winner, because then you have right there Samoan versus Samoan almost. Uh, what about a Samoa Joe versus an AJ Styles? I mean, another. Oof, yeah. Let, let's let's steal from TNA and fucking, you know, put put their guys as our main event for WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, could you imagine that? Just that's 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 another good Awkward. matchup. And uh, now and now okay, what if they go the classic route because now jeez, I don't want to say this, but if Goldberg wins, God uh, forbid. Does he go against Roman Reigns? Does he go against Kevin Owens? Does he go against Cena? Like what happens? I mean, and 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 what's even sadder is who calls that match when it's happening? I know uh, that's I, I I really wish uh, Jim Ross came back come back comes back for one night only, but you know that's not happening. But no, I, no. When I say calls the match, I don't mean oh, commentator. Yeah. I'm talking about <laughs> you yeah. know who, who's going to be the ring general in that match. Yeah, man. Uh, okay, uh, now Goldberg wins. I mean, it's almost like you you've been building this Goldberg versus Brock, and Brock's not even on one of the favorites to win. It so that's I'm um, surprised about that too, but uh, I mean one of the top favorites at least. <clears throat> so if you do have Goldberg win it, uh, he's not he, he technically can't fight Brock because I mean you're going for the championship, so that just throws that whole feud out of there. So okay, now let's say the Undertaker is your uh, Royal Rumble winner. Does he fight John Cena or Roman Reigns? And now this is just saying if those guys win the championships, but. Or does he fight AJ Styles? Or, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Undertaker versus any four of these guys, Kevin Owens, Reigns, AJ Styles, or John Cena. What do you think about that for the championship? Fuck the Undertaker. (laughs) That's what I have to say about that. If if I could see, as much as I would love to see Joe and Cena, or um, what did I say before? I said um, Joe and AJ. No, no. Well, well, that's another one. But I said um, Reigns and um, and Finn Balor. Yeah, I would love to see Kevin Owens and Brock Lesnar. I really would. And I know Owens had pushed for that match in the past. Yeah. I mean, for the title. Hell, even if I'm Kevin Owens, you know, I'm supposed to be that whiny heel. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I got Jericho by my side. It's perfect fucking scenario. Yeah, man. You know what? The one thing, though, I mean, we could talk about the Royal Rumble all day and night, but the one thing I love about this Royal Rumble is that it's not fucking predictable like it was a few years ago with, like, we knew Roman Reigns was going to get it. We knew it because he won the fucking Slammy Award winner of the year. He won, you know, all this bullshit beforehand where it was like, okay, we get it. You love him. And then when he won it, it was just the worst because we booed him because we he, they shoved him down our throats. So now he's not. Well, in they the... shoved them down our throats because of fucking Batista. No, you hear that 
that he came back for the rumble. He didn't get, they didn't give him, you know, went to Daniel Bryan, you know, it didn't go to what the WWE wanted. It went to the fans, what the fans wanted. And it was almost like Vince saying, no, fuck him. I, uh, this is my guy. I want him to, you know, I'm like, he was, he didn't care. He didn't care about listening to the fans. So this, I mean, like out of all, out of any year, I, I'm, I'm so excited for the rumble match because I mean, you, you have Brock Lesnar, you have Goldberg, you have Taker, you have all these surprises. We don't know who's going to be in it, but I mean, it's just the star studded rumble. And I really, they really need to take that snapshot of all these guys in the ring at once if they all are in the ring at once to where i mean this is going to be a picture that will last for decades of saying hey the rumble match i mean you have guys from who were stars 10 years ago to to guys who are going to be stars for another 10 20 years you know so oh wait a minute i, I got another entrant oh come on it's gotta be shaquille o'neal that's a that's a that's a that's a good one because you know that's where they could start the whole the feud for the big uh, otherwise show. how else does it start yep that's right on the money baby uh hey it, and when you guys watched the Royal Rumble this weekend you heard it here folks you heard it here first folks uh we we, we got the surprises out of the way for you we we set all the surprises who they could be. But Cooter, maybe next week we'll, we'll talk about uh, the recap of the Rumble to 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 what really happened. And no, we're not another recap show. No. We're another wrestling podcast. But if the gobbledygooker makes an entrant, man, we All right, we're gonna that's have to. It. No, no, <laughs> fuck the gobbledygooker. Duke the dumpster. Uh, how about the goon? I, I'll settle for the goon. Only if he takes off his shoe and tries to stab somebody with his ice skate. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking Happy Gilmore. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm reminiscing and all, all at once. But either way, man, I'm excited for the rumble. Hey, Gilmore, you suck, you jackass. <laughs>